Hi, everyone. Welcome back <laughs> to the season finale of Let's Have a Drink Season 6. That was, like, so underwhelming. Yeah, I'm You're sorry, like, welcome well, back, everybody! Sheesh. Welcome back to the season finale of Season 6. Let's have a drink. Holy crap, we've made it. Yeah. This, well, this, this felt like be- a longer season. I don't know about you, but oh for my God, me, it, it was like, like are we not already at the... Oh, sorry, I just, like, booped my... I don't know, know what it was though. Was because we typically were used to the two week breaks, and then we only had a week during holidays mm. from because we did a half season, right? And then we did right so Christmas like holiday, we which longer. we had a week. We had a week break for Christmas holiday, and then we did another finished the half season, and then we did one week break, and then we were back yeah. into the grind. And that's why we started doing two week breaks because the weeks are just not long enough. Yeah, and um, and we really felt that. Yeah, so. Another, you know, reminder to you guys, uh, this is the season finale, which means you won't see a podcast or any posts on our social media for two weeks from us. We know you don't care, but. (laughs) Yeah, we appreciate that you guys like respect that and then come back just as like engaged um, as the last time. But uh, yeah, no, I I think that having that extra week definitely makes a difference. Because we do, now that we're putting a lot more effort into things, we have the faves going on. We have actual like topics we want to talk about mm-hmm. um i want to actually kind of construct at least a few episodes of the season because it almost feels like we always plan the episodes like what we're going to do the week of and i want to at yeah. least have a few episodes already knowing what's yeah. coming up so yeah for sure but guys this episode this week's uh episode is so so fun i'm yeah. so so excited to get started i hope um, everybody either knows of already at the very least the comics um, or got a chance to watch Watchmen. At the very least, the movie. The movie yeah. would be way more, yeah, yeah, yeah. way more popular. Yeah, that, well, you really? I mean, the movie only got made because the original comic was so popular. I guess so. so. Uh, last week we mentioned it. This week we're talking about it. Yeah. We are going to review Watchmen, the movie. And then we are also going to um, chat about the differences between that and the comic, and a little bit more about the comic itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I will admit, like I've absorbed a lot of informational um writings and videos about the comic itself i've never had the privilege and the pleasure of of reading it yet um but it is definitely on like my kind of like bucket list of things that i for sure want to make sure to have read um while i have the time because i feel like it just has a lot of very like pointy messages it sounds like you like from what we talked about uh today and in the past it sounds like you know a lot about the watchman world which is really cool yeah. um you, well i've just absorbed a lot of media surrounding it because it's right. such an interesting story to me um and i also um after watching the movie again it kind of reminded me like of how much i want to go and read the the like graphic novels now um and then of course our buddy cole um Sort of talking to me about the Watchmen TV series right. from HBO that started in 2019. Um, and I'm super, and I actually, in the midst of like my, you know, brushing up, researching, I watched a couple of videos on the show itself. And like, I really want to oh, watch it. Because cool. I feel like it's much more, it's a lot truer to the spirit of the messaging that can kind of come across of the original comics. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as kind of tell its own poignant story to... Um, like to be comparable to like what we're dealing with now sure. um, as a society. So I'm, I'm super excited to get a chance to 
Right. So if you guys haven't it. watched the movie or, or know much about any of the story, um, we'd, we'd advise it. Uh, you don't have to because we're going to spoil it and we're going to talk about it. So you're going to get yeah. most of the story anyways. Um, so before we nerd the fuck out here, sorry for my language. Language. Um, this podcast is called Let's Have a Drink. That's the whole reason we started it. So we got to have a drink. We yeah. got some special drinks for you guys. I was today. wondering where that was gonna go. I was like, are we? Are we? What are we segueing into? We um, the oh. fact that I have a beer sitting beside me right now is what we're gonna segue into. Right. So, guys, we we picked up last time we were at one of our favorite brewing companies. Our favorite. Flavorit. Flavorit. <laughs> Flux Brewing Co. Uh, truly one of our favorite brewing companies. They are located in uh, Oakville, Oakland, Scotland area, back in my hometown, uh, around Norfolk County. Um, we have today some some small cans of their Irish Red Ale, eye to eye. Yeah. Um. I I we got them so long ago, but I it's one of it's literally my favorite from them. It's my favorite brew. And, Sorry, I thought it was gonna like fizz oh, all almost. over me. And so we saved them specifically for the season finale. Yeah. And that's exciting. It's very 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 exciting. So Ryan, jump into yours because you haven't had it this one in a while because you didn't have uh, it last... not since the first time we went to Flux. Exactly. So I want to get your back to it uh opinion on the on the brew that's what i'm saying so good it is that good isn't it it like it just it's definitely like a heavier beer for sure but like it just settles so nicely Mm. i can't like it's very Mm. i don't know like it's got it feels like you know you're it's a pub beer like you want to be in a pub Either at a seat or at the bar with a bunch of other people and you're either all playing trivia or watching a sports game and everybody's like chatting around you and it's like a hey, you know. It is. It really cheers kind of moment. It really is. Yeah. Unfortunately it is a craft beer, so it's like gonna it's it's gonna be a little too strong for everybody. because um, yeah. like I would love for more. Which people is so to odd enjoy. because it's it's very smooth. It is very smooth. Like I feel like it's pretty light, but like we... it's not it's it's yeah, it's not offensive in any way or too extra kapow. Like it's it's a very um, enjoyable beer considering it is a red ale. And sometimes I can find that any sort of like darker ales feel a little bit heavier to me. Right. This one's quite nice. It is only a 4.5% uh, alcohol per volume. So not too bad. A 25 IBU. Uh, like that's that's pretty low, which is probably why like the hops are not as uh, – the or the barley is not as probably prominent. And the hops and stuff aren't even are, – aren't, haven't fermented too much. So – Definitely a good pickup if you guys are in the Scotland, Ontario area. Mm-hmm. I um, One thing I do appreciate about um, Flux is the artwork that they have on their merchandising mm-hmm. as well as, I mean, their logo itself is very cool. I agree. Um, and then the um, logos they've essentially kind of created for their, um, for all of their different beers um, is fantastic. I really love this one. It's like an all-seeing eye with a bunch of like almost celestial line work and imagery and it's 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 very pleasing i know i love how brewing companies obviously they kind of have to do it um but flux takes the name of their brews and gets an image for it like i think yeah. they have like a a rocket or like a, some rocket one yeah um, so rocket science is i think they're um they're like porter or stout something like that. um and it's a literal rocket mm-hmm. um their drawing board it's essentially literally like the background looks like a chalkboard uh-huh. and there's like a bunch of different like graphics and yep. imagery that is like what looks like chalk line work, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. I actually have the uh, the t-shirt for it. Yeah. Um, and it looks really great on a t-shirt as well. It's a lot of like 
excuse me, sorry, like birds and florals, which is really pretty. Mm-hmm. I think their Wanderlust one is like a like a kind of rainbowy, colorful. It's like an open road kind of deal. Right. And then um, they have the the day job is like a Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. They definitely do a good job at that. So, you know, highly recommended. Like I said, yes. one of our favorite brewing companies. Favorite. Shush. I don't know why you're struggling so hard with it. I'm not. Oh, it just sounds like you are Does then. Does it? Yeah, it Maybe sounds I'm like really you want to add extra consonants into Maybe it. Maybe in my head, when it, like when I say it in my head, it sounds exactly like I'm going to. And then my mouth yeah. goes, Favorite. Yeah. Favorite. Favorite beers. Yeah. Man, oh man. This, this season has been one heck of one. Yeah. We started this season doing, uh, on our social media, we started doing faves. Which were, were highly accepted, actually. I love I yeah, that. Yeah, and it was, was a lot of fun to like put those together because mm-hmm. we kind of got a chance to think back to ones that we very much enjoy, um, especially beers that we would like recommend to other people. And it was interesting to uh, to sit down and uh, talk about them and have certain beers where because all of them it was it was our fave so you brought some to the table and I brought some to the table and we had some sort of consensus so the ratings on those was a mix of both of our ratings exactly. on it because a lot of times like if you we have similar tastes when it comes to the beers so if I enjoy something, you enjoy something, it's almost guaranteed that the other is going to enjoy it, just maybe to a differing degree. But it was really interesting to see like when really faced with wanting to make true ratings and be a little bit more honest, how um, the differences between you and I, like how many um, glasses essentially is what our rating showed up to be, um, we would give each Yeah. Each a, rating out of, a rating out of five. I mean, specifically, there's the Cowbell Brewing Absent Landlord, which is one I really enjoy, but you haven't had too much of. So when you were posed the question, hey, what's what would you rate this out of five? You were like, mm-hmm. I've had too much. I know it's a good beer because you like yeah. it. I've had it. You've had it like yeah. once or twice. Yeah, but it, was, it wouldn't be something um, that would immediately come to mind for me to choose. Mm-hmm. So that's why I ended up giving it a lower rating. There was other ones where it was just like kind of like, oh, you know, it's good, but like um it's a little strong in this sense or it wouldn't be my choice um compared to like other beers on the on our wide list so i think we got a chance to really kind of dive deep into what truly are our favorites mm-hmm. uh, and i'm super excited to do like another round of them for the next season because i just i think it's a really cool collaborative effort because we've been so open to try so many new things um super super interesting super fun yeah, with on top of that, you know, that was sort of more of a social media platform. We did some more graphics, some different change in the graphics on, yeah. on our stuff too. Um, but the main thing we started doing this season was in the intros where we're going right now, um, we, we actually drink a new beer. Typically, yeah. it was a new beer um, or sour or cider. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it was wine, but it was mm-hmm. always something brand new. Yeah. Um, and we did that every episode and that mm-hmm. gave us, you know, a chance to experience new drinks mm-hmm. and review them. Um, I think it made being out and even just like um, getting stuff personally for ourselves, we would be out trying to, in general, we, we look to grab new things for us, but then having that idea in the back of our head where, oh, like we want to be able to try something new on the podcast that we can then recommend to people based off of whatever tastes, um, because we've tried so many different like styles, mm-hmm. um, it, it made it a little bit more fun on top it of it. Cause it's like, okay, like this is what I would like to, you know, drink or try for myself amongst the other repetitive stuff personally. But like, what, what do we want to like review on the podcast? What looks super interesting? What's like what super, exactly you know, out there or something we haven't had that often or out of our comfort zone or it's, 
a similar style that we both love, but it's like a different brewing company with like different flavors going on. So right. it just it, it made it a little bit more investigative when we'd go out mm-hmm. rather than just going, oh, that looks interesting. Just throw it in. We'll find out later. Like mm-hmm. I found myself actually reading like um, depending on the type of beer, like, you know, um, whether or not it was like an IPA, double IPA, whether or not it was like a session um, or a lager or a sour and then okay so on top of that what flavors did they add in was there more citruses was it a sour that had smoother fruits or lots of like berries or something like that it had me investigating what was in it rather than just like it, that's oh that can looks cool oh it's a sour just throw it in there you know yeah now it gave us more opportunity to converse about the drinks we we're drinking um when we you know, in the first couple of seasons, it was more or less just grab what you had in the fridge and let's just chat. And when we had guests, it was definitely that, you know, we had the the converse, we had the, the topics to talk about. Now that it's just you and I primarily for the podcast until further notice, yeah. um, it was like we needed something that just you and I could really just like dive into. For sure. Um, and I think it just, again, too, we, when we had reflected on trying this out, which I think went pretty successfully. Uh, It was a matter of like, this was born out of, um, you know, the conversations we'd had over drinks out at pubs where half the time when we do that, we're trying something new anyway, because they have new additions to the menu. Um, So, and I think that too, like it's called, let's have a drink. We constantly talk about like um, when we were able to go places, (laughs) new places we go to and try new drinks out. Well, why don't we just do that while we're on here and recommend it to people? Exactly. LCBO is open, you know, where we can easily just grab new stuff that the breweries are coming out with. That's what we yep. did. We've had some a of lot our, of these I mean, places have like bottle shop open, so you yep. can go and pick it up and leave. So we had we you know we had the primal IPA from Counterpart. We also had that. What was it? The co- the forbidden dry sour from Coffin Ridge was really good. Mm. Remember that sour? That was a really yes, cool I cool sure design did. as well. Yeah, um, I very much enjoyed that. The Bobby Cajun um, was it a red ale or like a lager or something? I forget exactly what it was. Um, I don't know. But no, it was a yeah, it was a it was a red ale from Bobby Cajun Brewing Company right, called Dockside. Right. I like that one. I like my red ales. Don't know why. Yeah. Um, did you do you remember one off the top of your head before I start listening uh, more? Oh, bother. That you were like that um was the that one. oh god, it was another one of the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies one. That um, was yeah, that was actually last season. Was it? Because we started doing this um, halfway through last season. It was the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. Hold on, let me um, pull it up. The New England IPA. No, there was another one though, wasn't was there? Was there a sour? I thought there, unless that was like a while ago. Because we did one, we did some stuff there. Um, boop, 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 boop. No, because we did. Yeah, you know, we haven't. We didn't do it this season. Oh, maybe. Okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm getting confused, which mm-hmm. has been known to happen, so it's fine. Yeah, maybe we did. I I can't. I can't even remember. Um, but traditionally, yeah, we've got, you know, we, we did some fun ones this season and we hope you guys enjoyed more of that content because, you know, for those of you who like craft beer or even just like beer or don't like beer, um, it's knowledge for you and it's experience and it's, and potentially uh, a new, a new thing for you to try and also open up, open up to like those kind of ideas. Right. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the, um, the Woodhouse raspberry sour was quite good. What did you, it wasn't on the podcast though, was it? Yeah. Where? Oh, look at that. Um. Oh, this was way back in January. Ha <laughs> ha, just kidding. Oh, it, yeah, I was going to say, because it wasn't the Society of Bird Drinking Ladies either. But that's just, yeah, that was last season still. Um, it feels, that's what I'm saying. This this season felt like it was so long, yeah, but it wasn't that long. 
Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, we. I've just I've thoroughly enjoyed that we've got a chance to do this. What about? Oh, that was the the. I like the Brock Street Strawberry Blonde we did last week. Oh, that, that was one that was, was refreshing great. for sure. Fantastic. Um, and then the wines that we've had as well. Yeah. So, and then you know, I it's it's funny every time we do a Monday post, it's not a fave. It's a bit lately because we're really good about taking pictures when we're out places um, of all the new stuff that we mm-hmm. try. And it just like, especially once we got our other lockdown order, I was like, I just want to be out somewhere else taking pictures. I know. I know. <laughs> That's the hard thing. You guys, obviously, you know, when, when we're in lockdowns, because like two weeks worth of pictures or three weeks worth of pictures is from our countertop. Like it's always a drink. Yeah, well, because we run out of the older stuff unless we happen to come across and go, oh, well, no, I it's just because we, cool. we don't post pictures from out and about. Because we have, then we have to like either get new, take new pictures or or find mm-hmm. some that we. But yeah, we've no, taken. I just I don't know. It's it's been a little, I guess, like mentally trying lately. You know, I understand the fact that like obviously if things are exploding and putting a strain on the health system, but I feel like there was other things that the government could have done. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna get political about this, but um, it's just it's no, let's kind get of political. It's just it's been I let's think because it's been yet another round of this. Um, mind you, as we said in the previous episode, I am super lucky and super grateful to actually still be at work still. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, I think it's still mentally trying having to deal with all of that on top of everyday things and still wanting to, a lot of like what we like to do socially and even just you and I socially together um, has to do with like being out in the world mm-hmm. And we can't do that right now. Yeah. So it's been tough. It's been it's been very tough. Uh, we know a lot of you listeners, uh, I'm sure, are in the same boat. Um, you know, life's just life's kind of going on that roller coaster, and uh, mm-hmm. you know we're. But we're, hey, at least I'm 11 seasons into Criminal Minds. Oh now, my god! So, it's so fine. much time. Uh, I started watching <laughs> Sherlock again. I I've seen that. Fucking miss the show it's so, so bad. Good. Um, I've skipped episodes because I actually know how like the whole episode goes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like I saw you the other day. You were like the little bar on the bottom. If you put your cursor on it, you can like pan through the different scenes. You're like, yep, 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 yep. Describing, oh yeah, and then so and so does this, and then you pan down, and then it happens on the I little tiny was, thing. Like, do and I I'm have like, to watch this episode? Do Holy shit. I was like, I'm looking for this scene. Yep. I, I will scene. admit I started doing that with a few of the Criminal Minds episodes because I was like either A, it's one of those like um, extra episodes before yeah. they get to yeah. like one of the arcs going on in the story or like nothing really consequential happens until the end. Of, uh, it's like b- um, book ended by important things. So I'll watch the first like 10 minutes and then skip all through the middle and then watch the last 10 minutes uh and then i'm on to the next episode so i did skip through a couple of them because i was like i i don't need to watch this entire thing right because the actual case itself has nothing to do with the overall story happening in the background with the characters and i'm like i am i need to finish getting through this yeah i i ended up just watching that episode because i was like i don't want to miss little things because i i'm watching it all the way through and, and so usually that's well, why i was at least for up until i want to say like season eight yeah um that was me like i watched every episode and then it just got to a point where i'm like hey like i'm basically just fast forwarding trying to go as quickly as possible until prentice comes back mm-hmm. oh i just hit my mic stand sorry um i i just like i need her to come back onto the show i know i'm so because yeah. her dynamic with all the other characters although i'm really really not looking forward to when shamar more leaves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because his specifically his like scenes in chemistry with 
um, Garcia and Reed are like what I live for when it right. comes to the interpersonal right. um, relationships, just as much as um, seeing JJ with like Reed and Garcia. Um, like I, it, so it's going to suck not having him on the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's certain people I'm like, okay, like. Mm-hmm. I know you're leaving. Let's get to it. Let's I know this get, person's exactly. on their way to the That's team. That's the only bad thing or it's about one of those rewatching two, the yeah. show. You or just it's know one of those coming. two where it's like later seasons that I d- couldn't watch as avidly because I didn't have like cable television at the time. Um, not because I was like, it's just because I was in university. I'm not going to pay for a cable package when I'm in of that course. house for one place. Um, so there's like later seasons where I know certain characters are going to come on. I'm like, I really want to see them on the show. So like, can we get there please? So I can actually like enjoy and, and, or not, maybe I won't enjoy, but at least I'll know. Right. Um, I think honestly the, the best thing that we've kind of just had common ground is just the fact that some shows are so rewatchable. Yeah. Um, and others just aren't. It's, yep. it's one of those things. But Absolutely. Dude, this intro has gone on for so long. Yeah, they're probably like, when are they going to get to what they said they were going to? Well, I've the reason is. I finished my beer. Oh, you pounded that back. I'm like halfway through. Because we have more drinks coming. Yep. Yeah, so in honor of the fact that we are discussing um, some superhero content, we, we decided. some superhero cocktails. Yeah. Which we will describe to you guys. We'll, you know, present to you guys on the podcast yeah. audibly um, once we get them. But we are going to have to pause, uh, come back, and, and regroup once we roll that intro because it's it's been so long the last intro of season six let's get it rolling roll it back everybody from uh, the intro oh such a good intro <laughs> but good intro. um i'm gonna be honest okay so we're just gonna right right off the bat here um my drink was in honor of storm from the x-men and it was a dark and stormy storms dark and stormy um it is two ounces of rum two is why it's, it's two got me ounces scared. or uh two ounces of um, or, or I guess just a part of the, the Moscow mule. No, it was or just ginger, ginger beer. beer. Ginger it was beer. just ginger beer. Just ginger beer. Um, a bunch of it. I just did half of the bottle for each. Yeah. And then an ounce of lime juice or a, a, a three quarters of an ounce of lime yep. juice. That's it? Really? Yep. It's like full. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. Cause it was too, cause we have, okay, let me put this into context, but you'll see in the picture when we post it on the page, if but you see, yeah, see it it's on the one po- of those on shorter, like sorry excuse me a liquor sipping glasses you know what i mean yes it is it is like one of those on the the really like wide and round yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's a liquor glass so ryan's gonna take the first sip and i'm gonna it smells citrusy i'm just worried about the rum aftertaste like that that's why when we were on the cruise it is like i we got fucked off of these like really fruity like sweet drinks ryan doesn't mind it it's very tart Yes. Um, but I cannot tell that there is rum in there. That's the point. Because That's of the, the ginger and the lime. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. Ginger beer. Isn't it nice? Ginger beer is... Now, I will say, this is probably a little bit lighter than a traditional Dark and Stormy, because I think we used a lighter rum, mm-hmm. um, but I like it. There you go. 
No, ginger beer also uh, dissipates a lot of the flavors from from whatever. Well, liquor that's why you're when you using. have a Moscow Mule, you can't tell there's vodka in it. Exactly. Sometimes you can. I never can. No. I only taste the ginger beer. Yeah. Ginger beer and lime. Usually it's bar lime, but it's yeah. lime juice, bar lime. So, anyways, these you know, a storm's dark and stormy. Chug it down. Let's get funky. 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 Um, this is Ryan's drink. To the left. I, we have another one coming later this episode. So I'm stay super tuned excited for, for it. It's a different color. It's a different. <laughs> he turns water into wine. He's a different color. <laughs> um. So, anyways, guys, we are talking about Watchmen this week. Yeah. Um. Who's watching the Watchmen? We are. Who? If you guys have watched it, oh, I hope you guys did. Um, Ryan watched the movie talked about it with our buddy cole yeah. i was like i've never seen it before we watched it i yeah. loved it yeah um it's a superhero movie um uh, the reason like, why we got on the like subject not of it. like not a superhero movie at the same time well that was the point so the comic was originally written by alan moore he's well known for doing multiple other comics um a couple that i hadn't heard of and one of the ones specifically for dc that he's well known for is writing the killing joke which is one of my all-time favorite batman stories ever yes, yes. Um, that might sound like super predictable, but I just also maybe he's psychopathic. But oh, now the rum's hitting me. Ooh. There it is. Yep. Welcome to let's have a drink, everybody. Oh no. Where we just drink whatever this is in the fridge. Ugh. Okay. Anyway. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we get funky already. <laughs> But anywho, um, so yeah, he is prolific for, especially when it comes to his storytelling, like he writes um, a lot of like more involved, um, very thematic um, stories, which are reflected in some of the other stuff he's done and watch him being one of them. It initially started out as more of like a parody of the Bronze Age of comics um, that were still kind of reeling from. Um, the stories that were in the Silver Age where comics were at their peak, but it was after the huge, um, essentially, I can't, oh, the, like the Comic Book Association. That's basically the censoring board, the same way the MPAA is for films. Mm-hmm. Um, they were basically a lot of these Silver Age comics were like neutered when it comes to any sort of like um, intense storytelling, violence. All of the stories had to end with good triumphing over evil. Uh, And that continued into the Bronze Age uh, until it eventually got to a point where they were like, okay, we can't tell proper stories anymore. So we're going to start ignoring this code. Yes. And Ryan has this very bittersweet taste where she doesn't understand when backstories really fucking matter and when the topic needs to just come out sorry so i'm just trying to set watch this, we're well, talking about watchmen the no movie. i understand that what i'm trying to explain is setting the stage for where more got his inspiration to make the comics but we're talking about the comics we're doing a movie review i know i know but we're gonna so talk I don't about know why the comics the later author of Anywho, the comics, okay but this is okay matters. but can i this this story then is the reason why or this like history is why he wrote the comic the comic is why the movie was made in the first place sure so forgive me for wanting to get a little historical um so anyways the last thing nerd alert last thing i will say is that it was born out of being a little bit more of a satire and a parody of these um comic books and then evolved into something more which is what we later came into 
um, you know, Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which fun fact was actually supposed to be in the nineties developed by Terry Gilliam. And then he eventually left the project, um, later saying that, um, he wanted to see it as like a mini series, which is interesting because of the show. Now, anyways, Mm -hmm. I'll shut up and Curtis will talk for the rest of the episode. No, 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 no. I love your information. I love that you have information. My main thing is, is that we don't need a backstory about Adam Moore. When the the whole episode is about a movie review. Well, we had also we were going to talk about the comics. The so. comics obviously are very important, but they come in contrast with the movie, um, and that's what we're going to discuss. Is mainly Anyways, if you want to introduce there's the comic adaptation, or there's the comic books. Then that was where it came from. That's where it originated. Then there's the movie adaptation. Um, Watchmen is uh, what we've known it is basically a universe on its own apart from the but superhero it was published under that, dc comics it was published under dc comics so the DC, but the world itself um obviously if you think about multiverses they can all be together at the same time but all of the watchmen universe stuff is separate from dc and marvel so obviously characters do not crisscross yeah so basically um we start into like an alternate version of american history in the 80s Mm -hmm. um in which nixon was never impeached he continued to be president um and there's like some background political where he essentially continues on for more terms than normal because of legislation that was passed right um there, is, there was a huge influx. I believe it technically was supposed to, due to the flashbacks that we see at the start of the movie, um, you see kind of a visual storytelling of all of the history leading up for um, what used to be called the Minutemen, so this team of um, superheroes, mass vigilantes, Yes. Um, leading up to where we see the characters um, in this like 1980s um, timeline. And basically it started, I believe it's supposed to be in like the late 30s as when the first um, mass vigilante came about. Uh, And then by the time we get to where our story is set, where kind of like the the Watchmen like timeline um, ends up to in the 80s, is that all these vigilantes are outlawed by like a legislative political... Um, I think it's, it's called the Keen Act, essentially, mm-hmm. um, that outlaws the, the existence and practicing of mass vigilantes, except for um, one called the Comedian, who um, had already been working close for the government for many years beforehand, right. um, but continued to do like have contracts with He's them. He's one of the prolonged uh, like hero, quote-unquote heroes in the movie, too, because mm-hmm. it seems like there's two generations yeah, he's from that of, first of generation. He's from the first, but then he was also really a, kind of a part of the second. Because, like, he yep. is... He know, bridged between he them. He knows he bridges yes. them. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he continued what to be, the Yeah, movie. he continued to be a part of the team exactly. with that second generation. Um, and then also... So uh, another frame of reference, too, is there really is no, like, super-powered like heroes and it's all humans that become the vigilantes of, that's the parody part about the story is that none of other than one basically well well yeah so there's only the one well it's not so much the parody but i think it's just supposed to, it's more from a storytelling standpoint of these are people who are flawed and have varying types of morals um because a, a lot of the story isn't based around the fact that they're like superheroes with superpowers fighting evil it's more about like the story like their stories as people mm-hmm um, and how there's a lot behinding the mask that they wear as vigilantes. But there is one one superpowered um, hero, super-powered. like actually through a scientific accident, which I think is 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 interesting, um, called Dr. Manhattan. And he's also allowed to continue to operate with his powers as is um, because he also works closely with the government. And he's absolutely overpowered, like straight up. 
could kill Superman no matter, no problem at all. Um, he's very much portrayed as like a literal god. He's literally um, a god within the universe, and but he has all the, the powers as such. He exists. He experiences time, um, all at the same time. All at the same time, he experiences past, present, and future at a linear pace, which is absolutely mind blowing. And when you watch the movie, you get more of his kind of just like monotone personality. Well, I think you can kind of see how detached someone will become when they already, they know what's happened, what's happening, and then what, what will, will happen. happen. And if you already know yeah. how certain stories are going to end, it's hard to um, try and find a reason to like fight, especially because you're so removed. You're experiencing all of time. Right. All of time at the same time, you're going to get removed from it. You're going to lose some was, sort of part of your humanity. And that was one of the craziest things about the movie is that um, when he was, we're, we're in the lab and he can't, so he experiences past, present, future of beings all around him. But the main mm -hmm. thing that in the movie, he was blocked off and he could only experience his own future. And it was... That's obviously already set in stone. He couldn't experience what was around him, mm. um, which is why he couldn't see the plan Ozzy, Ozzy had planned for him or planned in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I thought was crazy. Well, cool. no, there was also, they said in the, I believe there was stuff in the movie as well that he had actually like obtained tachyon technology. Mm -hmm. That That's why uh, um, John said that, who's Dr. Manhattan, that's his like human first name. Um, John said like he can't see into a certain future because something's obstructing his view exactly. of it. And it was because of that tachyon technology yep. that um, Ozymandias, who's also known as Adrian Veidt, um, he, uh, he had invested in that so he could cloak his plan from manhattan right which was so. which is a really smart way of going about it mm -hmm. uh because you know manhattan dr manhattan will literally kill you like he could he could do anything like in a flick of not even with any effort at all at all and it was shown in that movie countless countless times yeah um which is why i kind of liked it because it it was very real um and it did remind me almost because you kind of explained the movie beforehand but it reminded me a lot of kick-ass which is a reference that like you don't really like, but it is very much well, like, on that playing field. It is like it in the sense of that these are very human people, yeah, um, who have decided to do something um, that is that uh, some would argue is like kind of like out extra like out of the skill set. Like we're not meant to take that much of a beating mm -hmm. um, on a regular basis. You know they've they've gone the extra mile to fight crime mm -hmm. as just regular people. And if you and if you've seen Kick Ass, is uh, you know another. Uh, mention it is very much like those are real people and they get like their asses kicked yeah and you see realness from yep. them uh, yep. in the comics of watchmen uh from my from what i understand is that they have very much the same tro same traits as they're they're pure human and all they want to do is mm -hmm. you know be yep. they want to fight against the system well, yeah, apparently so they are very they are very much just like regular human strength they're just as flawed um a lot of them do have conflicted feelings based off of what's going on in their personal lives um when we get to the point of where the story's happening regarding just like being superheroes in general like um the second silk specter um lori um is very just kind of like um in the comics, she's very kind of like upset with like how her life turned out. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't really want to be a superhero. Her mom encouraged her to do so because her mom was the original Silk Spectre. Right, right, right. Um, and she, she, like her mom was, she was Silk Spectre. Like she lived off of the, the notoriety of being Silk Spectre. So she wanted that for her daughter. Mm -hmm. And one of the videos that I had watched, it almost compared to, you know, like 
um, pageant moms who used to do pageants themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It was that kind of idea. Like, she groomed her daughter to become the next Silk Spectre. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she wanted to... She chose being a superhero. Her mom chose it for her. Basically. Um, And then... You know, it's and it's it's different, but like similar stories throughout each of these people. Whereas in Snyder's um, movie, which a lot of fans of the comic specifically um, had kind of like had a bit of a bone to pick, was he in a lot of the action scenes? He made them off to be like more super powered than they actually were as regular humans. So like in the first part of the movie, like when we open up after like the recap through time, um, we we see the comedian get attacked in his apartment and murdered. And he gets... And he, like, his head goes through a marble beat. countertop. He punches, like, through drywall. You no, know, it no literally problem. looks like a stonework to, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets thrown into a coffee table and then out a window. And he's still alive the whole time until he hits the ground. I'm yeah, like, are well, you he, kidding? He gets his head smashed on a marble table, which there's two points of this. Is because you don't know who is beating him up until the end. So we're going to yeah. spoil that. So it's obviously Ozzy... Uh, Oz... Whatever. Ozymandias. I, yeah, I can't say his full name. I hate it. Ozymandias. It's him, and in the comics, Ozymandias is a total normal human being. All of them are. Yes. So you should, like, a normal human being, for one, cannot smash someone's head over a marble table and break that table, and nobody would be able to take that smash either. And not already So those dead. two parts, I was like, those two people basically have the super soldier serum. Like, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Whereas and, it's and like, almost, no, I think it was just exaggerated if you, if, action. If you also, in the movie, they also have the Night Owl and the, the Silk Spectre, the second generation of them fighting the bad guys mm-hmm. in like the, the alleyway. And they're yeah. like, punch, they're like pushing them, like kicking them like all across the whole alleyway up yeah. against walls, the dumpster. I'm like, that's, yeah. nobody like, kicks he that powerfully. Full on, I mean, again, I'm sure you'd eventually be able to do that, but like he full on in one fell swoop. Like bust this guy's like arm bone through his skin. Oh, you skin. can do that. You can do that. No, I know, but, but it, it just seemed so like the, super aggressive. It was more aggressive. so the punches and kicks were that, like, like sent launching. Them flying it was yeah, launching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah, and that you're launching 200 pounds plus of yeah. human. No, you can't yeah. do that. It's- um, but yeah, no. What I what I did really like about the movie itself is how stylized it was. Mm-hmm. Although there were a lot of small, slow motion parts that I could have maybe dealt with that being sped up because it is literally a two and like two hour and 40 minute movie um i loved it every minute but there was a lot of like you could tell he wanted to try and include as much meat as possible from the original story but like when you look at the comic there is so much backstory extra content extra like small bits like in the in the comic you get pages from one of the old Minutemen's books you get like part like um actual like psych evals from one of the characters and all that uh, kind of right, stuff. True. Whereas like they he had to try his best to put all of that context into uh, for example like the whole visual storytelling of their previous like backstory of all these like previous Minutemen and and the timeline that took them to um when like they first started to where they are now being outlawed and what they're doing and the whole arc of what happened there all through a opening sequence and like vignettes of like time, mm-hmm. um, which he did really well. They were beautiful. It was mm-hmm. a beautiful opening to the movie. So that is one thing I do really appreciate it. Um, as far as like the overall aesthetic, other than like a sm- few small changes, the aesthetic was very similar to the comics from what I could tell. 
um, which was super cool to kind of get an idea of like the universe that was being built. Um, and one of the videos I had watched had said that he actually storyboarded using comic panels. Um, so that just goes to show like he really tried to keep it as visually close to the comic yeah. as possible to get you absorbed into that world. I'm kind of about done. I didn't, I'm not a comic book fan by any means. I have comic books, but I'm kind of about done trying to give directors any sort of crap or credit for trying to turn a comic book into a movie because i don't know it it feels like a lot of movies nowadays are like they're trying to turn a whole world of comics into a movie or a miniseries and it's basically impossible like not necessarily though um unless you unless you do do what they want to do in the first place with watchmen was make a miniseries which and, I feel like from, from what I could see. And again, I haven't watched it to fully like say definitively or not, but from the recaps and like analysis that I've watched of the, of the series itself, it seems like they re- they put a lot of work into continuing the world building that occurred in the original story. And it looks to me that they did a really fantastic job it, and really creating did. some historical parallels, which is it's, so, because essentially it is, it's an alternate version of, like, our real world. Right, right. It's just, it, you know, it just insert mass vigilantes being a thing and a whole different scenario involving the Cold War where it's, like, literal doomsday is about to approach. Um, and, you know, make well, it happen. And it, 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 man, it yeah. felt more tan- tangible. It did. Like it very much felt it um, more tangible. Um, but a lot of, like, so, to as far as the movie, too, like, we're... So it's an alternate um, 1980s that is heavily in the Cold War, much like, you know, regular 1980s society was, but except you have Nixon at the helm um, and a heavily, heavily nuclear-powered Soviet Union and a doomsday clock that is five minutes to midnight, um, which basically means the end of the world. (laughs) And then also a literal god on your planet Earth. Yeah, like, exactly. Because there was um, that but the border. biggest, well, the biggest immediate threat though was the fact that you know the U.S. and the Soviets were going to nuke each other right, into oblivion, right? right? Which um, I find it ridiculous when you have literally Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, but the you know, I I feel well, he was on the side of the U.S. though, right? So Russia's stockpiling all these extra nuclear weapons to help say like, okay, well, you may have Doctor Manhattan, but we can obliterate the entire world. And and right? you find that out too. I think there was a scene where um, they realized like, no matter what. No matter what Russia can do or what they decide to do, Doctor Manhattan can't stop it all. Which no, he can't. Is is ridiculous. So, like, it's insane. I just can't believe yeah. like how yeah. insane that could be. Um, but anyways, yeah. So it's like quite close to midnight. That's how intense. Um, that's how tense and intense things are getting, uh, for them. And then you have the comedian die. Um, and then one of the previous Minutemen who is very morally questionable, very black and white, uh, named Rorschach. Yes. Who wears My like favorite, this cloth probably. as a mask that has ink that tends to move and change, much like actual Rorschach tests will have different ink blot uh, pages. Is that what they're called? Yeah, it's it's literally it was developed by a guy. Rorschach tests. Yeah, it's a Rorschach Rorschach ink blot test. Oh, so that's where he got the name from because his mask oh, looked like one. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew, well, once we got that scene where he was actually getting those ink blot tests and like the way that it which came, I thought was so ironic. It was yeah, it was very ironic. I thought okay, that's where he gets the mask idea from. Cool, but I didn't know that's what they were called. No, because like, he, he already had with, the mask before he did the test. I. Yes, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. So I didn't know he got his name though. From the name of those tests. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, it, well, because of what his like mask looked like, right. I'm sure he took that um, on. But saying. anyways, he is very much like a um, psychopathic. It, it, well, he's very psychopathic. He has like genuine issues. But his big like one of the videos I watched paralleled him to a Batman. But if he wasn't a wealthy playboy and just, like a total like alt right doomsday you prepper, just put him with like bat- a mix of Batman and Joker into one person. Um. Yeah. Except like. Joker was more of um, just like chaos for chaos sakes. And he was a criminal. Whereas like Rorschach would have destroyed Joker. You know what I mean? Like he would have shot him point blank where Batman couldn't. Oh, I see what you, you mean. You know what I mean? Like he's not. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like not, Joker would have shot Batman point blank. No problem. Like you, well, he, then he would have already. You know what I mean? Like Joker, Joker still is cognizant enough to like recognize and enjoy mean. the okay. the playing with Batman. You I know, he enjoys mean. being the ultimate villain to him and creating chaos and and decimating him. Like he wants to be around to see it. Um, he's not. Whereas like Rorschach's very nihilistic. He, you know, he's very black and white. Whereas Joker kind of loves to live in the gray area of things as well. I, I, I do see what you mean. Okay. So, but anyways, so he goes to start investigating, um, and then this is where you start getting introduced to all the other characters, like Ozzy, um, like Dan um, Driver, who's Night Owl, um, and then um, the second Sil Specter, Loy Lori. So. I do, I do like how they kind of gave it like a journalist point of view with with Rorschach being. Oh, because he has his journals and he records it. Like he's like it's like. Rorschach's diary fucking this day and it's like then he tells what he did yeah and he tries to figure out who kills the comedian um, I think it's a nice segue through um decent parts of the story to kind of like first of all you get an insight to how like messed up this guy is oh my God. but then you also Actually, like he gets he it's one of those two where you crazy. know he's going to be a character who's going to be brutally honest about people whereas everybody else is going to dance around certain truths about themselves and others mm-hmm. whereas he's just going to be blatantly honest about his opinion on things while it may be skewed by his certain moral opinions mm-hmm. um he's going to be honest mm-hmm. and a lot of like his journal um explains as such so right it, it's a nice narrative like like um kind of like in between it is it, to it is a really cool story. way to tell because he, he introduces a lot of characters um in that sense like with moloch i think is introduced with that arc yep. uh, which is which really good which is really great for the development of uh, the story as well as the adaptation from the comics because how else are you going to kind of put that in there without that yeah exactly well it just provides arc. some extra context behind another character um that kind of makes you realize like why certain things happened right um we're gonna take a little break here i have finished my storms dark and stormy uh, you have not. I just don't love it as much as I did at the first set. We're going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be back in two seconds. I'm going to grab my cocktail. Yeah. I'll see you guys in a second. Okay. So we left off. Um, getting, and we're back. Yeah. Um, so we're back and we are now trying Curtis's drink, which is Green Lantern inspired because the it is green hella green. Green Lantern It's cocktail. like, it's not a dark Green Lantern green though. It's a Shrek green at this point because of the pineapple juice, I think. grasshopper green. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like a yellow and then blue mixture. So it's like that kind of green. It's yeah. not actually green. It's not some sort of St. Patrick's drink. It smells drink. very fruity and fantastic. Yeah, there is only, um, one ounce of alcohol. So hopefully this goes better one for in a me. Bit. One in a bit. Um, but it's one ounce of tequila, two ounces of pineapple juice i think you don't like it uh-oh oh it no. tastes weird it tastes weird what do you mean it tastes so weird <laughs> it's literally i follow the recipe i think it's the tequila oh no 
We should have used the other tequila. Oh no! <laughs> All right, let me let me dive in. Cause I'm curious. Yeah, um, I'm having really bad Cuervo flashbacks. Oh, true. That that'll happen. Ugh. It's all pineapple juice. No. No? Not for me. Oh, I, this is delicious. Wow. I think I have a pro- I have the problem here. Well. It's okay. I saw my eye to eye. Yeah, you still have your beer that you haven't had. <laughs> We've had three separate drink occasions and Ryan's still on number one. It's fine. It's fine. I'm enjoying it. Good. I'm glad. I'm. It's, it is pretty peculiar, though, that... The Cuervo is such a prominent flavor. Yeah, I don't understand. And we've all, we all have that one alcohol that's just never a good time. Really bad Halloween party. Yeah, one one bad Christmas party or, or night out changes it for you. Anywho's. Um, so getting, getting back into the story, um, spoiler alert, basically the events chronicling the comic and movie of Watchmen – revolve around Ozymandias's plan to create peace between the U.S. and Russia specifically with a plot to um, target. So in the movie, it's actually target um, specific, like highly populated cities mm-hmm. to look like a, like essentially a, um, an attack from Dr. Manhattan who has absconded himself up to Mars because Ozymandias has fabricated um, instances of like people throughout Dr. Manhattan's life, um, that because he is like, because of how he was created, that he must've given them cancer through whatever like radiation powers right. that he taps into. Which, that's what I was going to say. Like that part of the story. I feel like that didn't make sense. But it didn't in the movie. He was just like, you gave them cancer. And we're like, but why, why? anywho, so yeah, basically that, that plan was put into place and he's gone up to Mars um, and disappeared. And the last uh, moment that everyone on earth saw of him was being very angry and then disappearing yep. um, because of obviously like the way the interview was set up. And um, I basically, yeah. So he staged Ozzy had developed technology with Manhattan actually like, helping him with it without realizing what it was for. And it mimicked a lot of his like energy powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he attacks specific cities with that power so that everybody thinks Dr. Manhattan's attacking the world so that Russia and the States will call peace and unite against this like yeah, other threat. Yeah, which is threat. kind of a risky deal in my Well, opinion. I find it also doesn't like logically compute. It's like what, what would make them want to just all of a sudden so quickly have, be besties. Have, like, like politically, regional like like, the, like enemies, Russia versus the United States, mm-hmm. and you have Doctor Manhattan on mm-hmm. I guess the United States side, mm-hmm. and now he's well, now like raining was... down on the world his powers supposedly supposedly yeah, and so just because of that, well, you my now thing have... is is like he's st- I would like from a Russian perspective like he was still an agent of the U.S. up until that point, so who's to say that they can't eventually dissuade him right you're right whereas like in the comic it was he ozzy actually created an a psychic alien that he then teleported onto new york Mm -hmm. um and killed three million people um also in the movie he kills a bunch of people throughout this process of like all of these explode nuclear explosions essentially um but he so yeah he teleports the giant octopus like squid alien monster um, onto New York and it kills a bunch of people with the psychic wave that happens of when he gets teleported. Right. Um, and that almost to me, because it is an unknown separate threat mm-hmm. that will then, who's to say like it's a, an, what looks like an attempted invasion. It could 
put be a risk to anybody specifically, um, that would make more sense for not just the U.S. and the Soviets, but the world in general to unite together. You probably had some budgeting with CGIing a giant new Tadalian, to be honest. Well, they well see. I mean, like I know it was. I know it was. Well, think about it though. No, but think about all the effects that worked into like doing Doctor Manhattan and everything. I feel like they could have done it, especially because they were able to. Mutant aliens way worse. Because you can just materialize metals on I Mars. I feel like it was more of a, it had to do, um, they put some like extra, um, like Snyder put in like extra Probably. stuff that had to do with like energy sources yes, yes. as a topical thing and reworked the um, the like ending to be as such. Yeah. And I think to tie in the fact that like he so specifically targeted Dr. Manhattan, whereas in the comic it was more of just a way to get Dr. Manhattan off of Earth so we couldn't interfere as but much but then doesn't um so the energy waves that uh ozymandias um sends out yeah they're like, like little explosions but yeah. they hit different areas of the world yeah i think he listed off like a bunch of different and cities. so he listed like cities in the states cities in russia mm-hmm. like he's listing these other cities so that that makes sense it's like oh i got hit i got hit i got hit like we need we all got hit by the same yeah. thing which is yeah, manhattan's power yeah. but then you get a mutant alien in new york what's me as the russian governor or whoever that is to say you united states just th- yeah, that's, three that's million fair of them too. die that's fair. let's help them no that's they fair. wouldn't I, but I, if but if there's like the same thing like if a, if a mutant alien hit new york and russia then then they'd probably be like it's the same thing it could come from anywhere we got to team up but like so i think the i man, i the, think i think depending on the kind of the story that you want to tell they both have um a decent amount of merit going on right um but yeah, so anyways, that's basically his end plan. And then the comedian, um, I think, like, discovers it along the way, hence why he dies at the beginning of the story. Yep. Um, and then from there, it just kind of snowballs. And you see these people who are previous vigilantes who um, are dealing with their own personal fears and traumas and issues, um, then having to, you know, they stumble upon this this plot and try and put the pieces together, figure out who it is, and try and put a t- stop to it. And by the end of it, they can't because mm-hmm. it's already happened. Um, and it's one of those where it, it, the superheroes don't get to save the day. And the maniacal sociopath who kills a bunch of people for what what he says is the greater good, right? Which he's technically not wrong because it does create peace. They you know that's what I'm between saying. the like, two superpowers yeah. but like at what cost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what i mean whereas like um one of the most moral morally black and white and questionable people um go those were all innocent people they didn't deserve to die there could have been another way whereas ozzy was convinced that it had to be his, that way his whole response was but there's peace and, and and that's what justifies it. Um, I think because of so there's all this extra context in the comics, and one of them being a comic within a comic, where um, it actually like fun factoid because superheroes are essentially a real thing in that uh, world. Um, a lot of their comics are about pirates. So it's the Black Freighter comic is the comic within the comic for for Watchmen, and the story that the character in that comic. Um, goes through mirrors that of Ozymandias and what his realization comes to come is he wants to save you know the world from nuclear annihilation but he kills millions of people to do so right. um and I think um it's it's a bunch of the videos a bunch of the reading done a lot of the analysis has gone into it is you kind of feel that he has felt more of the 
lives that he's taken when juxtaposed with the comic like he uh with with the black freighter comic um in the watchman story um the way like more just juxtapose them together Mm -hmm. um whereas just kind of like um in the movie ozzy gets confronted by night owl and it just it does it doesn't feel genuine which Mm -hmm. which i do agree with like when i was watching it i was like he just seems still so cold so yeah he had this lofty goal of wanting to save the world but he beca- he comes Wait, off in the movie as so much more egotistical 100%. and self-involved that it comes off so fake. Like he just did it so that, and even if he never told anybody, he would know that he was the greatest man. But like he you saved get, you, the world. You, you literally get the same, the same thing with a lot of other villains. You have one person who says to make to have peace, to have some sort of normal world, normalcy. We have to kill millions. That's yeah. literally Thanos. Like Thanos' whole plot is we kill half the world and everything will be better. Like who knows it's going to be better because yeah. even in the movie, yeah. we don't know things are better. Well, that's the thing too is it ends on an ambiguous ambiguous note, which I really like mm-hmm. is – so the comic and the movie both is you don't really um, – like the end is – so Rorschach's journal, what – Okay, sorry. I need need to backtrack a little bit. Um, I know I give too much context sometimes, but I do. So when everybody finds out about this whole plot, Rorschach is about to just, you know, head right back into the mainland because they're off in this Arctic Mm -hmm. base um, and tell everybody what what Ozzy's plan was and that it was a hoax and it wasn't some like random alien invasion or it wasn't Dr. Manhattan. It was Ozzy who constructed the whole thing. And Manhattan is the one who actually stops him and says like, this is created peace. Like we can't make it on a falsehood because who like the truth could make things worse. Mm-hmm. And Rorschach is like, all these innocent people died. Like there's people need to know what actually happened. And Manhattan just, just explodes him, explodes yeah, him apart. Him. Exactly. Um, so kills Rorschach in an attempt to keep the secret from coming out. But little does everybody know is Rorschach already um, in his journal because you can hear voiceover as him and Night Owl go to confront Ozymandias um, that he's already determined that it's who and he's written it in the journal. Oh. Because um, you can hear the voiceover. Um, but it's basically, yeah, he has, as him and Night Owl have discovered all of this, he's now written it in his journal and he's mailed his journal off to the, a newspaper newspaper right um and then you can see at the end of the movie the kid it well because um so the editor was complaining about how they had nothing to write it uh, write about because the world's a utopia now and and the kid prattles on about whatever or um there was like a pile of just like built up stuff that they had decided to discard because they didn't think a story could come mm-hmm. out of it and he's like mm-hmm. well why don't we just rifle through this stuff and he picks up rorschach's journal he's like go through some of this and see what stories are in there and then the editor goes um i believe the actual line is it's in your hands now and that's what the comic ends on as well mm. so it's it's a ambiguous because you don't know if he ends up actually using the journal reads it and publishes the truth to the world right but then also it's the idea of because it ends on an ambiguous note because it says like it's in your hands now. It's in the hands of the reader to determine what happens. Exactly. You can make up. You can envision whichever ending you want. So whether or not the world keeps on going um, with this lie that they don't know is a lie mm-hmm. and this utopia continues on um, or it gets published and people find out what happened and then who knows what happens after that. It blows my mind to think that the comic book and the movie end on the same phrase note whatever and yet the 
the readers still the readers of the actual comic book still have so much more nitpicking to do well because there's other there's other stuff that they had and again too like the context that I talk about the black freighter with ozymandias yeah plot, no i, I get that i get they're that. missing out on that stuff they don't like the it was dr manhattan is a threat as opposed to this random alien mm-hmm. um there's also, I was, so we had watched one video that talked about the differences between the two. Um, and I had watched a few more that talked more about like the actual like comics um, messaging. But the one that um, we had watched that t- discussed the differences, one thing that they had pointed out in the video and that a lot of fans complained about was the actual like characterization of a lot of the characters. They looked visually similar. Um, but they were very different types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, like Dan Dryberg, the second Night Owl, um, he was a lot more meek um, and kind of like intimidated by Dr. Manhattan and Rorschach. Whereas like in the movie, he's much more confident, stands up to Rorschach from the get go. He doesn't seem like um, unnerved by like the type of person that he is at all. Um, oh, I thought that was more of a false positive personality. You know, but yeah, so it's just like smaller um, details like that. Um, he's that definitely a lot intimidated people... by Manhattan, though, in the movie. Well, yeah, because he's still, you know, essentially like cheating, like, you know, him and Lori's Manhattan's girlfriend still, in there, you know, off making Whoopi making and, whoopee, and yeah, Archie there. Say, so. yeah, yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously, when it comes to movie adaptations of any sort of literature. And I it's, get it. It's long. It's tough. It's like it's it's a bunch of pages. He had to condense you it into a movie. Many pages when Terry Gilliam it... thought like a previous guy who was going to tackle it wanted it to be a four to six hour miniseries, and Snyder's going to try and make this into a couple hours of a movie. Like honestly, I feel like it did hit some important beats. It was very visually pleasing to watch, um, just from an effects perspective, from a visual storytelling perspective, especially that opening sequence. Um, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything too, because I hadn't already previously read the comic, I think I was able to go in with a different perspective compared mm-hmm. to someone who may have already had and like very much loved the comic. Right. Um, but like, you know, it, having watched it without reading the comic beforehand makes me want to read the comic more because I've seen this story that I can buy into and I think is super interesting. And then learning about, you know, some of the other story beats and what the differences are and the extra context and the extra world building and, and side stories and characterization that happens in the comics. I'm like, I want to definitely read that now because I'm already invested in what's going on. I want more mm-hmm. so I can go and read the comics and get right. more. And I can go now and watch this TV series mm-hmm. that's been like, you know, for the most part, very well reviewed. Like, I want to go see the future of that 1980s that the comics covered and what it did. Because the TV show set in, like, real time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like present day. Not real time. It's present day, essentially. Right. Um, so I want to be able to see what that 1980s turns into an equivalent, you know, 2019 compared to what ours has been. You Man, know? I feel like I need to, to read more comics because, like, I think I would love. Oh, they're fantastic. Some, some big old <laughs> stories um before the movies come out and like i it's one of those things that watchmen is a is actually a limited series comic story so to make a make that into a show like you're you're limited on what kind of content you can turn that into in terms of uh Media. That's why I think, well, that's why I think that the TV show is so interesting because they didn't try and like reboot it essentially and do a rehash of the original comic. They made a sequel. Yeah. And based it off of where the characters were coming from and brought them to some sort of conclusion. Right. And they introduced new people but connected them back with 
original characters from the comic and they it, they made it seamless and it seems like a great story and i'm super excited i totally agree i would be down so anyways to check that one out while there was a lot to like analyze and talk about differences of um i thoroughly enjoyed it like what was your overall because you had never seen the movie before never seen the movie i had heard a lot about it um and and mostly in terms of the the like not like not the lore but just like the main principles like the the smiley face with the blood um splatter was watchmen like that was their symbol um and i had old like some of my old high school friends middle school friends were very much that nerd type where like comic book stories and adaptations are what we breathe on especially in that day and age yeah um it's a watchman coming out around you know what was 2009 you said oh well no 2019 is when the new one um another show the movie that I'm, I honestly don't remember. I so it was around really the time quickly. I was in high school. I know that for a fact because it came out and, and it was talked about by one, actually one, one friend I have in mind. But um, to me, it was very much just I, I, now that I've watched it, it makes sense. Uh, but it, it just didn't. It wasn't those one of those, you know, shows that or movies, sorry, that needed to be watched. But I loved, right. loved like I loved it because um it, it just to- it told the whole different story about superheroes yeah and it was it was literally just a better version of kick-ass i loved kick-ass but it was like the better version because the choreography was way better the scene the fighting scenes were a million times better and then the sort of team spirit uh coordination of the characters in terms of like a like there were the, the minutemen like the squad like the team of superheroes is what superhero comic books need and and they did that well too so overall like a lot of really fucking stupid scenes in that movie like some really bad ones with like the comedian specifically and like some really like gory stuff some really like disgusting stuff but a really good movie yeah that i'd highly recommend well and the tagline that i think um and i think it's like for the movie but then also gets referenced in the comics is who watches the watchman and it really puts into perspective, like Ozymandias concocted this whole plot that fooled the entire freaking planet mm-hmm. and goes unchecked. And the and when you think about like the different stories that some of the characters go through, like even the comedian, what he had done in the past, his behavior goes unchecked, unregulated. Mm-hmm. Who watches these people Same thing who goes have with put themselves Marvel up? And DC. I know who puts themselves up on a pedestal to fight crime and thinks that they're doing what they're doing in the name of good and evil, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they and they go unchecked. And I, I always thought it would be interesting for the idea too, because Batman's one of my favorite superheroes, and he doesn't have superpowers. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who is just trained himself and has the resources to be able to give himself all these gadgets and train his brain mm-hmm. um and it's this it's same, like he's essentially a mass vigilante 100%. just with extra resources a million, a million um I, so but, i am i'm a firm believer that any superhero that's like a comic obviously some sort of name superhero who doesn't have actual um whether it's alienistic or or just like uh, surreal superpowers is just a, they're a good fighter. Like they can fight at least, at the very least. Yeah. And they they're usually tactical, more tactical minds. Very tactical. But I just I thought like I just it's always intrigued me like the average person going the extra mile to like go beyond the law mm-hmm. because they feel like it's the it's, right it's thing. It's a to very do. it's a very um, great storyline yeah. and the comics like they really did it smart because it's like yeah. Plus for me too like it's. I'm such like, um, like I love watching stuff on history and mm-hmm. why things happen in history and how they happen and what contributes mm-hmm. to it and being able to like 
enjoy a superhero story that's not totally superhero story. It's about flawed people. Um, that also takes place in, in a, an imagined alternate reality of history. Like, cause it, it plays into anyone who's like super into history would always wonder like, Oh, what if this happened? Mm-hmm. How would things have changed? Right. Well, now I get to go and look and see an exactly. idea of how things would have changed, exactly. which is super fun. It is it's a lot of fun, but wow. Yeah, this is a long one. It's a long one. It felt long. One. Guys, thank you so much, man. I season six and we're still going. Yeah. Um, more than a year now we're just cruising along uh these these fun episodes this this i the biggest thing is i want more guests we obviously want more guests and we want you guys to experience more guests but at this time it's not going to happen for some for it's a while it's just hard to coordinate the technology and then like it's even harder to try and get someone here in person obviously with all the restrictions in place mm-hmm. so we'll, hopefully we'll once that there. starts we'll to get peter back. out we'll get there we'll figure it out um but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of left to have a drink episode 60 Oh my lord! Did you? I like honestly, I'm proud of us. So proud. And it's super cool that we're still doing this and that people still love listening to it. So. It's funny because I've watched like I've, I've I know podcasts that have started way before us and are still going because of the resources they have. But I've also like have helped and seen podcasts that started either at the same time as us or after, or after us. us and do not continue anymore. Um, and obviously that's their own reasons, like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, happens, but yeah, it could have easily been us as well. Exactly. But we're still doing it no matter what. And so yeah. for those listening, even if you're listening right now, you're the real OG if you're still here right now, actually. Oh my God. Yeah. If you haven't tapped out already by our <laughs> ramblings. Oh God. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Season six, season seven coming soon. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. We're taking a break. Peace and out. We love you guys. (laughs) We love you guys. Peace.